Hello, Monetization Nation. I'm Nathan Gwilym, your host, and today I'm joined by John Weiler. John began his writing career as a hit TV writer for shows such as National Geographic's Alaska State Troopers. In 2014, he transitioned into copywriting, blogging, and book publishing, working for several marketing agencies along the way, and publishing multiple best-selling books, including Instant Credibility Online. In today's episode, we're going to discuss five ways we can establish our credibility and earn the trust of our customers. We will also cover the following key takeaways. Number one, trust is the gateway to sales. Number two, one of the best ways to build credibility is by being consistent. Number three, if we aren't providing value to our customers, it's very difficult to be seen as credible. Number four, one of the best ways we can connect with our customers is by finding a problem that we have both faced. Number five, URLs can help establish our credibility. And number six, the online content we post should be valuable, unique, and surprising. Thank you so much for joining us today, John. Thanks. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for having me. Can you share with us something that you are super passionate about? Outside of marketing, uh, I am very passionate about meditation, which I have a book on as well. Um, I've been meditating for about 20 years it's really had a big transformational effect on my life. Um, really, I used to have really bad anxiety. Uh, so yeah, meditation is something I'm super passionate about and I love doing. Yeah. All right. Can you share with us the greatest home run that you've hit in your career related to credibility? I would say uh, the thing I'm most proud of with credibility is probably the number of books that I've sold which, you know, compared to some authors, it's probably not that much, but I just crossed the 10,000 bookmark. Yeah, congratulations. That's great. Thank you in the summer. So um, I'm really stoked about that. And, uh, you know, those 10,000 books, that's like about 100,000. I think it's a, a, bit, a little bit over $100,000 in book sales. So um, to me, book writing is what I love to do. And to, to kind of hit that milestone was a, was a big deal for me. Yeah. Congratulations. Can you tell us about the biggest mistake that you've made or failure that you've had related to credibility and, and what you learned from it? Yeah. Instant credibility online. I talk about like blogging and stuff and how you're supposed to, one of the essential factors of if you're going to blog and it's going to help you with your credibility, it has to be consistent. And I totally have dropped the ball on, honestly, a couple blogs along the way. Um, even my current blog, like, you, you know, the tough thing about, about marketing is like, you need to pivot, right? Yeah. So for me, when I, when I dropped my, my last blog, uh, it was just kind of a, a time. It's like, is this the right direction I need to go? Um, and I'm actually kind of in the middle of a pivot. I'm going to pivot it away from it. And I am going to take my own advice and get my blog off my site <laughs> because I do think uh, a blog that is, you know, left uh, just kind of sitting there does, does, does no one any good for, for credibility. So. so your point is be consistent. And your point is if it's not working to get you where you want to go long-term, make sure you pivot, make sure you move on, right? What you learned is don't stick with it if it doesn't work for where you want to be. That's right. So many people stay with things, even though it's, it doesn't fit their vision anymore, but they've got that sunk cost fallacy where they feel they've got to keep doing it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Especially like I have a book and I'm saying like, oh, you need to do this. And then I'm kind of like not taking my own advice at a point. But, but at the end of the day, it's like, 
yeah, you need to pivot sometimes and, you know, you shouldn't just stick with things to, to do it. You know, there should be a purpose in the grand scheme of things. One of the biggest tectonic shifts that I talk about, I think the biggest tectonic shift happening today is credibility marketing, right? I think 25 years ago, businesses used to, um, they used to buy all the advertising they could afford, and then they would use that to, to tell the world how awesome they were in their own voice, right? And, and that strategy really does not work very effectively anymore. Businesses are having to communicate through a much more effective, uh, a credi credibly effective strategy, such as influencer marketing or uh, building reviews online or word of mouth marketing or customer testimonial videos, right? All these different ways where you can communicate through much more uh, credible sources than just telling the world you're awesome. So I, I think that is as big of a tectonic shift today as, as getting online was 20 years ago, right? And the, the businesses that chose to not get online they lost, they went out of business, they lost market share. And I think the businesses that just try to tell the world they're awesome and don't market credibly, what happens is 70% of their customers don't trust anything they have to say about themselves. And they talk to their customers and then their customers go research them online and read their reviews. And, and uh, if, if they're not doing a good job of credibly marketing, people are going to go somewhere else because they don't trust the business. The business is biased. What are your thoughts on that? Do you really think credibility marketing could be one of the top tectonic shifts happening today? Definitely, definitely. Reviews and reviews are important. They're so important. And uh, even, even credibility is evolving in a sense. You know, uh, you know, I talk about testimonials in my book, but, but to be honest, like if you, you look at how testimonials are done these days, like even that's evolving. More and more people are doing video testimonials or like businesses are doing these big, like kind of corporate, like testimonial slash case study video, you know? So, uh, and even general case studies, I have a lot of friends in marketing and you, you look at case studies from like five, 10 years ago, they look different. They look dramatically different. Um, there's lots of like quotes spread throughout them from the business owners and stuff like that. Much more visual. Yeah, much more visual. And a lot of case studies today are even done via video, not even uh, not even a written little booklet. So yeah, I think even just credibility is evolving itself. And So why do you think credibility marketing is so important today? I think there could be a, several reasons. Um, one is I do think there's more kind of just kind of like distrust in society almost more than ever. Uh, you could see that with like in the, the recent political, uh, political, all the political stuff going on here in, in the U.S. There's just a lot of distrust. No one really like believes each other. Um, people even question the science and stuff. So, you know, it's... Uh, I think that has something to do with it. I also think from a business perspective, you know, there's so much competition these days and so many businesses online, whereas like maybe 10, 15 years ago, like the number of businesses online was, was, was much different. I'm sure you've seen it as a podcaster, you know, like the number of, and I see it as, as an author too, like the number of books that flood the market, you know, year after year, it's like, you really need to be able to prove that like, Hey, I have something to say. You can trust me. You know, trusty trust is the gateway to to sales. You know, if if you cannot get trust, 
then. You made a really good point that even the science is being distrusted today. And I, it seems to me, and, and tell me if maybe I'm, I'm just biased in this point of view, but it seems like the science has been manipulated and politicized on both sides. I'm not saying one side is right or one side is wrong, but it feels like science has been politicized and people try to get science to say whatever they want it to say, right? Thoughts on that? I definitely have thoughts on that. Uh, I think you are right. Um, so in terms of just, you know, political stuff, uh, I can't really say that I've heard anything like incredibly specific about the the science being manipulated, but I will say I am um I'm a pretty hardcore intermittent faster. I've been fasting for like two years and I've read tons and tons of books on the subject. And I've definitely come across in this intermittent fasting world, you find a lot of stuff about dietary guidelines and dietary advice and studies. It's totally like manipulated. So like marketing companies are like paying for studies and stuff like this. So from like a political standpoint, I mean, you know, they have all these like lobbyists and stuff like that. I'm, I would not be surprised if, if the science is being manipulated somehow to try and again, kind of, uh, uh appear more credible. So, and, and I was just specifically referring to like the vaccines, right? You, you see people on both sides and I'm not saying which side is right or which side is wrong, but you see people on both sides that are claiming science that says different things, right? Yeah. And they're, they're claiming to follow the science, but they're polar opposites, what they're saying we should follow, right? And this has been happening in the, the food industry for years. And it's because the science is being essentially like uh, manipulated, <laughs> you know, or, or there's, there's studies being done that are manipulating data to, to, to make it appear credible when, when it's not. That's why there's so, yeah, there's just so much confusing like diet advice out there. It's just contradicting each other. So you talk a lot about value. You talk about how marketing isn't all about credibility, but it's also about delivering value. And and that's funny that you bring up this point because I think that value is a huge piece of credibility. And I know you agree with this point, but um, it feels like you you promise something or the customer invests something. They invest time or they invest money. And then we have to give them value that exceeds whatever they invested in us. And if we do that, our credibility grows. And if we don't do that, if we've taken advantage of it, we lose credibility. It's like this spiral that either goes up or it goes down. Um, any thoughts on that? How, how are value and credibility interrelated? Yeah, value is really important. Um, you know, credibility by itself, uh, just saying like, for example, if your work has appeared on like Forbes or something, or you've, you're a TEDx speaker, that's great. That's really good for credibility. But value, I think is, is ultimately, that's ultimately what people want. They want value if they're going to give you money. Um, so I think case studies are a really great example of where kind of value and credibility arise. So because you're showing the value that you have created for other customers and I'll, I'll go off on just a little bit of a tangent here, if that's all right. Uh, so in, in storytelling, like I said, my background is, is TV. I worked in the television world for years, writing stories 
And there's this principle in storytelling called mirror characters, which means that when there's like a character in the movie, sometimes that like, let's say the protagonist is a bit conflicted about what choice he wants to make. And he comes in contact with a character that has already made the choice that he wants to make. And then the protagonist essentially will see this, see himself in the character. L let me give you a more specific example, like Darth Vader. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> you were describing Dar Darth Vader is, uh, is Luke Skywalker's mirror character. He gives a glimpse into the future of what, of what Luke could become if he continues down the dark path. Uh, in Lord of the Rings, Gollum is a mirror character for Frodo. You know, I'm I'm talking all about kind of like negative mirror characters here, but um, there's there's positive ones too. Um, a positive one would be in uh, Titanic. Uh, um, Jack is the mirror character for for Rose. You know, he's kind of this like free spirited like person that she would like to become because she's super trapped. So now, in marketing terms, case studies, testimonials, the testimonial on the case study is essentially like a mirror character for what the customer could become. So I think in that, that sense, like these are mere, this is where credibility and value can align because the customer is, or potential customer is, is seeing the value you can get. And they're also seeing your credibility at the same time. So value and credibility through mirror characters, through case studies. Yeah. I love that. It's the, it's a kind of been there, done that kind of credibility. It's the same concept as if I want to lose weight through intermittent fasting, like you've done, right? Yeah. I would want to talk to someone like you that's been successful at it. I wouldn't want to go to someone that just read a book on it, right? Someone that was book smart, but hadn't done that. There, there is a credibility that comes from been there, done that experiences. And, uh, and that's what the case study shows, right? You show a client that's been there, done that, or that's what a mirror character in a movie does is they show the kind of the been there, done that, what your life could be like if you do this. Exactly. And there's a, uh, I actually have a client, um, she runs a yoga business and she's kind of like teaching yoga teachers how to be successful online and to, to really grow their businesses. And she actually uses this kind of mirror character technique in the sense that she is the mirror character for what the the clients could become. Because she's really successful. I think she's she pulls in, I don't know exactly, but I'm guessing, you know, a couple million, million dollars, millions of dollars per year with her business. And she lives a very, like, attractive lifestyle. She's complete freedom to work wherever she wants. She lives in Mexico and... Uh, Wyoming part of the year. Um, she gets to, you know, create her own schedule, has lots of investments. And essentially she's that person that her clients want to become. So, so yeah, you can be the mirror character too. You know, if, if anyone remembers Jared, the subway guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was kind of like a mirror character for what like uh, um, people who go eat subway can become if they eat subway a lot. So yeah. I had never thought of that, but but that makes a lot of sense. Jared, the subway guy, was credible because he had been there and done that. He had lost weight eating subway sandwiches and and following this diet that he was recommending, where there weren't a lot of other people that could do that campaign that he did, and he was so successful because he had been there, done that, and was credible. Interesting. So if we want to pick a spokesperson for our products and we want to pick someone that's credible, we don't just pick someone that's famous. 
we pick someone that is credible, that's been there, been done, there that, done that, right? Yep. That's really cool. In fact, Russell Brunson talks a lot about, you know, picking your, um, what do you call it? It's attractive character, right? He, that you should have a face of your brand. Um, it's not just a corporation they're interacting with, but there is a, a person that's the face of that brand, like he is for his brand. Um, and And maybe it's, a point that we need to learn as entrepreneurs is as we're picking our attractive character, whether that be us or somebody else, it probably should be someone who's been there and done that. Totally, totally. And this point by Russell Brunson, I, I, I'm a fan of Russell Brunson. I've read it. I've read at least one of his books, but this is so true in marketing. Like if you, people connect with faces and with people. So I've had this kind of conversation with, with my friends and I've read it in books and stuff. And, you know, if you're, you're trying to, to get someone to, to donate to a cause in Africa, you know, to like help the children or something, you want to show like one child, you know, because, or, or a few individual childs, you know, and not, not like just masses of people who seem like they're in poverty because, you know, we're people, we, we want to connect with other human beings and, if you just zone in on the the one person, you really can kind of form this bond with them. It's it's like having like a brand voice essentially, you know. So, you know, you a brand is like a person essentially. So people connect with that kind of thing. Especially if you're not just having a child that's a face, but you're telling the story of the child. You're oh yeah, right. When you can see that that child has been there, done that, right has you know, the kind of life they've experienced, the hardship they've gone through, you're going to connect with them a lot more. They're going to be credible in a way that, that others wouldn't because you see that they've actually been there, done that. Whereas if it's just a group of kids, um, they don't have that credibility because you can't connect with them and you can't see the story. But yeah, and, and, and to, to talk a bit more about that, one thing I think I, I have a, another new book coming out next year, and I've probably talked about this in some of my other ones, but one thing I always suggest like people with their websites to do is always to kind of like name, name some of their hobbies and stuff, you know, on their about page or just in their marketing materials. Because the thing is, once, once you have some of your hobbies out there, for example, like I say, I meditate, right? So if people out there are hearing that I meditate and, and all you listeners, some of you hear that you meditate, you're probably going to be like, oh, that's pretty cool. This guy meditates. Like I meditate too. So we form some kind of connection. So I think yep. these kind of like little person, personal things are really important in marketing because, uh, you know, I've won clients because I was like, a, you know, as a Kobe Bryant fan and me and the, the client, like both like loved Kobe yeah. Bryant, you know? So, <laughs> so in my book, I call that affinity, right? When we find people that we have these shared connections, they're people like us, you know, we love the same thing. We build an affinity with them and that builds credibility that, it's an incredibly effective marketing strategy. The thing is, we just have to not ever abuse it, right? If we if we find out they're a Kobe Bryant fan and then we pretend to be a Kobe Bryant fan just because we think that'll connect us with them, and then the first second they find out we really don't know anything about Kobe Bryant, we lose so much credibility in the process. So it, it works well as long as we're we really are credible and honest and don't manipulate the strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really important. I think, I think this, and I, I talk about it a lot at the end of my book and, you know, I'm sure some people are going to read my book and use the the techniques that I give in the wrong way. And it, it's, there's nothing I can really do about that, but, but if, 
the end of the day, you know, if you get found out, you know, you're trying to appear some to if you're lying, you know, and, and you do so publicly online and uh, it could come back to haunt you. So um, you could damage your credibility and then, you know, you can you can repair things. But I mean, it's all about trust. So, yeah. So these principles of credibility, they aren't meant to be to manipulate someone into making a sale. Right. We really need to be credible, you know, is the most important point here. That's, it's not about being fake and, and uh, finding a way to be something we're not. It's about being credible and then communicating that with our audience. In your book, you talk about URLs um, in, in your second chapter, and you talk about how URLs are seriously a big deal. Why do you think URLs are, are such a big deal? I think it's pretty simple because they, they show that you care about your business. Uh, so if you have a URL that says somebody, uh, your name, like Michael Thomas or something at uh, uh, www.michaelthomas.squarespace.com or, or something like that, <laughs> that's, yeah, which I think people do, you know, uh, but I know personally, whenever I see like an email address from someone that's, you know, my business name at gmail.com, it's just like a total turnoff. And I'm thinking that this person isn't investing in their business. And it's like, if they don't have the money to invest in their own business, then why should I even spend time, you know, business-wise with that person? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I agree with you. So what are some of the quick strategies that we can talk about, about how to pick a good domain name? So like get the .com, don't put a hyphen in it, don't do a misspelling. Like what, what advice do you have? Okay, um, th that's all good advice. I would say one good thing is there, there there's several different strategies you could take. So Ramit Sethi actually has a pretty good one. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with R Ramit Sethi. Um, his blog is, I believe it's I will teach you to be rich.com. So it's a bit, it's a bit of a mouthful. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that is showing exactly like tells you exactly what the website is about. Yeah. It tells you exactly what you're going to get. You know, so this is a very, I think, beneficial type of URL where you're saying what is the benefit in in it. Um, for one of mine, I have ordinarydudemeditation.com, and I am naming the the target arty audience in my URL. So that's another one because because if you name who who your customer is, then and the service as well for me, meditation. So uh, and the keyword too. And the keyword. So that's, that's actually another thing too. The keyword, if you really want to like rank for something, um, the keyword, having the keyword in the URL is, is really great. It's really going to help you rank for whatever that, that phrase is. Yeah, I agree. It's very important to not, to, to get a domain name that, that reflects the professionalism of your organization and adds the credibility. It makes a big difference. All right. Talk to me about social media. How does social media affect our credibility? So I think the, the 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 kind of obvious way is is with like followers and stuff like this. If you have a Facebook page with you know a million followers or something like that, uh, it's going to appear way more credible than someone who just has like you know fifty or something like that, or even a couple thousand. You know, um, I was really involved in the entrepreneurial community in Bangkok, like about. I'd say about like seven years ago. And I used to hang out with a lot of entrepreneurs there. And there was this one entrepreneur who 
won an award uh, for one of like the best like new entrepreneurs in Bangkok. And part of, I believe, why he won it was because he had a huge number of followers on Facebook, like 50,000 or something. And I remember talking with him after the event and like he was saying, he's like, oh, I just bought those on Fiverr, which is... <laughs> <laughs> which is which is terrible but uh but i do think um i'm not suggesting anyone out there do that especially now actually because because you will get dinged for that in in facebook uh so definitely don't do that um but uh you know um i do think numbers count um with this kind of thing yeah i agree i agree the the right kind of users count okay so let's talk about blogs how do blogs help us earn the trust and credibility in our audience? Well, so with, with blogs, and here's something I can add on to the, the social media thing. Like we were talking about earlier, consistency is really important. So consistency, not just for blogging, but, but social media as well. So if you're going to do social media, show up. You know, people, people will trust you more if you show up than rather just coming and going stuff. And, and admittedly, this is something I struggle with as well. I think a lot of people, uh, solopreneurs and stuff struggle with it. So, you know, it's just something to keep in mind. Um, the more you can be consistent, the more credible you're going to appear, but, uh, blogging in general, you know, talking about that specifically, how you can, you know, there's many different purposes of, of blogs. You know, some people just want to rank, ranking is really important, but just from a, a credibility standpoint, don't just say something that everyone else is saying. There, there's so many blogs out there that the internet is just littered count, countless numbers of blogs that just repeat the same thing. It's just like very general advice. One way to, to make yourself appear, appear even more credible is, is, is kind of saying stuff that is like surprising and maybe people don't hear very often. Um, I don't know if you've you've heard of uh, Chip and Heath Brothers, Chip and Dan Heath's book, Made to Stick. One of the six things they talk about, uh, six six uh, things that make a sticky message, or one of them is like surprising or unique. And I've learned this from even other bloggers I've followed. And they'll say, say a couple points that are like completely surprising because it will really just all of a sudden wake the person up that they're seeing something that's um, not, not the usual advice. Of course, say if, make sure you believe, believe what you're saying. Don't just, right. like, you know, <laughs> so if you're going to say something surprising, like, like, like for, for me with like meditation, for example, I always say people like, look, you don't have to sit, uh, which isn't surprising for everyone, but it is surprising for, for some people. Um, because they're like, oh, I've been taught like, oh, you have to sit and it's really uncomfortable and stuff. So, so yeah. So be a thought leader, be unique. Don't just parrot at what everyone else is saying. Thank you so much, John, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. To learn more about or connect with John, you can check out his books on Amazon or visit his website at johnweiler.co. And there's links to each of those sites in the blog post for this episode on our website. You can also get a free copy about my ebook about passion marketing and learn how you can become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success in establishing your credibility. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free 
And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.